0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the win against Udinese and the win against Fiorentina. We'll be previewing the derby. Uh, This week's Moratti, Moji and Frog and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on (laughs) sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nimatallah Irutsari, wishing you to a new week where Inter go into which Inter enter after having won the quarterfinal against Fiorentina and finally got back to winning ways in the Serie A uh we're gonna we're gonna uh, and we're gonna preview the derby. we're gonna get into all of that but first let me introduce my panel starting with the excellent inter simply the preview writer mr mohammed nasa mystic mo
1: mystic mo indeed guys i'm uh, very happy to be here let's get into this
0: Let's do it, and we are also joined by our good friend uh, Mr. Alex Dono from all the way from a Super Bowl, basking in the super in the afterglow of the Super Bowl from my a, from a, from Miami, Florida. How how was it yesterday? You 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 okay today?
2: Oh, I'm still recovering from that halftime show, and and also a oh. nice comeback by the Kansas City Chiefs as well. But what what an amazing evening that was!
0: Yeah, I bet, I bet. I mean, I, I've I've never been so jealous of, of a friend as I was yesterday. Like. We seemed like a giant party where everywhere you looked and everything you saw, just the city was buzzing. So I hope you had a good time. I hope everyone who went had a good time. And congratulations to those of you who support the Kansas City Chiefs in Missouri and not the state of Kansas. (laughs) We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, Right. Let's talk. Let's talk Udinese. um, Inter got, uh, Inter won. Inter won. Uh, after after a very dreadful first half, uh, let's be honest, it was probably the worst half we've seen from Inter uh, in a very long time. Um, And there's a couple of things to take away from that. Um, And I thought I'd start with uh, the fact that a lot of people are talking about now, uh, especially in Italy, talking about how Ericsson was, you know, that there's going to be, they're going to struggle to find a role for him, and he's a great player, but he's not a, he's not a world class player, and and all that nonsense. Because I think it's ridiculous. The guy has trained with Inter four and a half days, and played two what, 70, 80 minutes and people are already calling him a flop, which, I, I mean, to me, that's just, that's not serious. That, that's not serious analysis. That's that's just be you know that's just having an opinion for the sake of having an opinion. But I do think that there is something we should talk about, and that is finding the right role for Ericsson, for Christian Ericsson. In, and, and that kind of goes into the 352 versus 3412 or 3511 debate that we had last week. And I want to pick your brain a little bit, um, uh, Mo, where, where, now that you've seen him a little bit more, now that you've seen almost two or you know ninety minutes almost of him, wh- wh- what do you what do you, where do you why why do you think he struggles uh, in this Inter, and what do you think Conte should do to fix that?
1: Well, first of all, I don't think uh, he struggled in Inter. I want to address a, 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 a f- another thing as well regarding the fact that it was a, a, a clearly a subpar first half. I had, I had a thought yesterday that maybe, uh, I mean, we've criticized Inter greatly on all, almost all platforms the last few weeks because they se- tend to lose uh, steam in the second half. And uh, Conte has always been, uh, ha- seemed to have always been asking for high intensity, high intensity, 90 minutes. So maybe yesterday's, um, uh, let's say, lackluster first half performance was actually game management by Conte, a bit more pragmatic mm. the game I thought I thought that that might have might have well been that, um, but uh, yeah, I mean we, we can talk about that uh, after the Eriksson bit. But uh, as for Eriksson, I don't think he flopped. I thought I, I was looking at Eriksson. I thought I haven't seen someone play in that role with this much talent and this much um, decisiveness mm. and incision and, um, on the ball in the final third since honestly since Snyder.
0: Exactly, and, uh, couldn't agree he, more. He's,
1: He's so classy and so assured and so economical with his movement. He's he, uh, like uh, there's absolutely no doubt that this guy is going to be a protagonist for Inter for hopefully many seasons to come. Uh, so I, I think, like you say, anybody who criticizes Ericsson's performances on, on just under 90 minutes is not serious. It's not, you know, uh, it's just the same as uh, people who uh, who really want wound, uh, wound up uh, licht in the first. Uh, four or five yeah. performances for Juve. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, it it is what it is. But like you say, the more interesting debate is how are we going to fit him in the system? Assuming that, you know, we have Antonio Conte and this group of players, this new backbone that was developed for, let's say, two or three seasons, how how, how do we go moving forward? It's a very interesting question. Um, I mean, personally, you know, I I, uh, I thought... The great substitution yesterday, clearly, like everyone was talking about, was, you know, Santo Marcello coming on the pitch <laughs> and uh, Brozovic is, you know, His kissing epic, the game epic-ness. and blessing the match. It's epic epicness, exactly. <laughs> what I would really love, what I would really love is to have both these guys on the pitch, mm. sp- have that work out somehow. And I think three five if, one if, one. <laughs> Yeah, but then we talk about, uh, you know, I don't know what you th- what you reckon about the 1-1, Alex. Uh, like, uh, what do we do with uh, Lautaro? I don't know.
2: Yeah, th- I think that's the big question for me, guys, is that, you know, for at least in the short term, it- it's hard for me to think about benching either one of Lukaku and Lautaro. It, it is, and obviously it's a good problem to have when you're talking about three great players in Ericsson, Lataro and Lukaku and, and who, who would bench who it's why I, I think maybe for the short term, I'm a bigger proponent of the, the three, four, one, two, uh, idea, you know, to give Ericsson a shot as sort of the, uh, Trek Ortiz playing behind two strikers and, and maybe seeing how that works out. But I, I, I co-sign on, on everything that most said, as far as Ericsson, it's like, how can anyone really judge him off of that one performance? You know, first, performance from the start in an inter shirt i just thought personally guys he uh looked a little tentative to me which is probably his sort of understanding of of his teammates you know, just growing a little bit. It's on the job training. He was playing mostly short passes and mostly safe passes. He didn't really attempt anything dynamic in the Udinese match. He did make uh, going back to the uh, the Coppa Italia match. He did make a pretty dynamic through ball to Lotaro that you know was Lattaro was a step off sides. He did you know score a goal, so it would have been an assist had it not been off sides. So we we're certainly seeing the glimpses, and uh, I guess we can just all hope that the dynamism is is waiting for the Milan Derby. Uh, But I think as far as Ericsson goes, something that raised my confidence level a little bit, I did see uh, Antonio Conte say midweek that he certainly has a clear role and a clear idea in his mind As to where he wants Erickson to play and they have an understanding with one another. And I'm not even really sure we've seen that role yet because it could be an evolution over the next couple of matches. And once, you know, the players that are injured get healthy again, or a player like Lataro who's suspended returns to the fold, I think that's when we're going to truly see the plan come to fruition
0: couldn't agree more and I thought I thought it was really interesting to see how what, what Conte said yesterday after the game where he said that look I I never do this with players I never just throw them into the deep end w- when they're not ready to to play in a system and I and I did this with Ericsson um, and I think he did really well the guy's been with us for five days <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> that was to a question about how how he how he judged um, er- Ericsson's performance, and I thought that was just so spot on. There's one thing about Antonio Conte that you know you can't you know he's very like him and Gattuso, the character where they just don't they don't mess about. They just say exactly what's on their mind, and they don't they don't like they don't they don't they don't they don't, they don't talk like Spalletti does in metaphors and and stuff like that. He just said it. With us for- do this. I did this because I had to, and I can't be disappointed. I think he did really well. I mean, that to me is that, that to me is how a person who understands football talks, someone who's a professional in the business talks. Because five days uh, you know, and, and 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 to play in a system in, in a role in a system that he's never played before, training with a with a manager that he's never trained before, a new country, you know, nah, it's not serious to to to, to make any sort of judgment on him um, right now. Um as for what you said, Alex, I thought that was a really interesting point that he because I noticed I, I reacted to that as well because if there's one thing we can we can't accuse conto of, it's that he doesn't know what he wants. He knows exactly what he wants and 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 his this clarity that he has with the players is I think his biggest strength as a coach. He's very clear with what he wants and what he expects from every single player on that team. And, and either they buy into it and they stay and they are successful or they don't and they leave. And I think that, you know, for good or for worse, that, for good or for bad, I think that is a good thing to have, a sort of clarity. And, and I'm really happy that, so far at least, knock on wood, uh, this, this is something that you can see from Zhang uh, via Marotta all the way down to they, un- they They're very clear. Everyone is very clear on their roles. Uh, and that's good. That can only be, be, you know, we may disagree on the decisions they make, but but at least there is a clarity in the chain of command and everyone is moving in the same direction. Um, I personally giggled a little bit when he... When you're speaking about Lukaku, saying that he's happy that he insisted on inter signing him, I thought that was a, that was a classic little <laughs> little narcissistic comment from Conte there that I enjoyed a little bit. Uh, but I mean, speaking to that, like you said, that was a I want to talk about that more because that was a really interesting point you raised that we've we've criticised Inter about that how great they are in the beginning of games, but that they die out towards the end. Yesterday against Udinese was exactly like you say it was a 180-degree difference scenario. Difference in scenario. Um, Inter were very slow. They started pretty okay maybe the first five minutes, but then they really struggled. Udinese, we got to give them credit, they did absolutely brilliantly. But then Inter, when they brought in uh, his epic epicness, they started playing. And to have that on the bench, to me, creates... You know, all big teams have quality on the bench so they know that when they're stuck, there is quality, there are reinforcements on their way that can help out. And, and that is something that a team builds through, through a long period of time until that feeling of, you know, not being, you know, of, of, be, of being unable to lose almost, of invincibility kind of kicks in after a while. I mean, if you remember with Alex Ferguson and Man United, you, the Fergie time, you know, I don't think it's just a, it's a coincidence that that happened, that his teams kept scoring towards the end of the games. Um, that is something that a team builds through a long period of time and i think inter are finally building on that uh and and I, and that's that can only um mo w- 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 do you do you think that the, what you said i mean do you think that was just a coincidence or do you wanna or do you think that context did that on purpose because I'm, I'm not too sure if i'm honest but I, I i like the idea
1: i i think i think like you alluded to earlier i think nothing that happens with inter is not on purpose especially when it comes to output and attitude i think Everything is studied, so I'd like to think that, not that he said, you know, guys, take your foot off the gas. We don't want to score in the first half. Take it easy, you know. No, I probably said, conserve your energy. Be cognizant of the fact that in the last two, three, three draws, it was it always happened around the seventy-fifth minute. We need to make sure that we're on top physical physical condition and mental condition when it comes to that point. So, it's not like he told them to take the first half off. It's just that everyone was aware of the physical drop-off and, and, and played accordingly. Maybe, mm, but, uh, yeah, but I, I'd like, I like, I mean, that's, that's what I'd like to believe
0: anyway. Mm. Alex, what do you think about this?
2: Well, you know, I, I, my, my reaction was, uh, and I like that thought I do. Uh, but in live time, my bigger reaction was the substitutions just made the world of difference. Um, you know Brozovic is just you can see when he's in there what a difference he makes when it comes to being the engine that makes that entire midfield works and link up with the attack and it was just night and day once he came on and and the same could be said for Alexis Sanchez and boy was was I thrilled to see him make an impact especially yeah. with you know how you know cuz he he had been playing you know in the in the Coppa Italia match he'd been playing out of position and just looked completely lost and clueless midweek last week. So I I was really thrilled to see him come on in a in a natural position up top and really play so well and to to dynamically draw that penalty that led to, you know, the penalty kick in Lukaku's brace I thought was fantastic. And you know, unfortunately the flip side of it with Alexis Sanchez being so good, the reason why he could make such a difference up top was seventeen uh, year old Sebastiano Esposito guys was just it wasn't his day, and I I can't you really blame him. It's more of blaming the situation because you're you know going to put on a 17 year old in an important match like that, and I think it's it's destined he's not going to be able to you know be in top form every single match. But it was a really really poor performance from him, and I think uh, one other uh, kind of funny stat from that match that we hadn't gotten to yet, guys, is who would have thought that all it would take to get your first clean sheet of 2020. Would be to have Daniele Padelli playing in net, and that would be uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be what brings you your first clean sheet of the calendar year. So I thought that was uh, I. Uh, I'm happy. Certainly, I, I was uh, you know holding my breath every time they played it back oh. to him, and I was waiting for him to either make a key pass or a key error. But I'm I'm certainly happy that he, <laughs> he was able to pick up a victory.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I was I was very scared, and I did not see him. Um, I I was very worried every time there was a shot on goal. Yes, um, uh, I think we all were. But no, I I think that's an interesting point because Brozovic, I mean, we again we have to give credit for to Spalletti for this, because remember how he looked before Spalletti and this and the and the change he underwent under Spalletti after six months, where he just turned into this world class regista. I mean, he really is now. He's really one of—I I mean, he's one of the top five, in my opinion, one of the top five deep-lying playmakers in the world of football. I, I can't think of many that are better than him. I agree. Well, I agree. Well, I mean, it's—it's it's so crazy when he when he comes on, and I mean, you—they played like a double pivot almost with Vecino and and Barella. And and then they 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 kind of unleashed Vicino and Varela and let him. Well, first of all, Grozovich runs more than any human being should be able to without dying. I mean, he runs. He never stops running, and he yeah. and he's he's constantly moving. And the intelligent passing and and the ah no, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm really this is this is I did not see. We always knew he had a lot of talent in him, but I we didn't see this. This is something else. I mean, this is wow. What a player he's turned into and thank you luciano for that because nobody else saw, nobody did it but him he so you know he did it he's the one who got the best out of brozovic um, and and you know thank you um, Not only thanks for that
1: luciano but uh, thank you thank you uh, suning because um, you you both have spoken about this for the first time there are genuine proper better than on the field options on the mm. bench in mm. the longest time in the longest time like poor spalletti you know you yeah. did to call up uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was it was a disaster. He had to play Candeva uh, as a starter on the right on the right flank. Uh, if Perisic was injured, I don't even remember who played on the left <laughs> flank. It was Edder. 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 Good, Edder. You know. You now you know?
0: no, <laughs> so, speaking of his, spaz- mean, like, yeah, you're right. No, go go.
1: Sorry. Yeah, Sp- Spalletti's starting eleven was pretty decent, you know, and. Uh, Uh, Conte's uh, starting 11 in the beginning of the season was also pretty decent but what's different after this Mercato is the depth finally Mm. there is some proper depth Uh, you know Moses played very well Mm. and he comes off and D'Ambrosio comes on for him and D'Ambrosio is a very serviceable player on that as well so there's genuine real real options whether it's Kandreva Moses or D'Ambrosio on the right wing back we have we have proper options now and that's I mean I I can't speak enough of how valuable that is for the squad,
0: you know? I agree with you more. Uh, Speaking of Esposito that you alluded to, uh, Alex, I think that was a game where, you know, we know that um, Conte has the world, believes in the, believes, you know, has a world of faith in this kid. Um, And and I think he did right to play him, because I think he was important for Esposito himself, because he seemed like a very humble kid uh, and willing to learn and work hard and learn. Because I think it was important for him to learn and see yesterday that he's quite not quite there yet, and 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 that he's you know he he needs to mature in his in his perception, his read of the game, especially in a tactical league like the Serie A. Uh, he worked his butt off yesterday, but he he's still not ready yet. He's not he lacks that maturity, and and I think that was important for him as well to see because you can see how you can see how the team, especially Lukaku, is like a mama bear protective of him. Like, you know, I mean, did you see that game? Did you see before the game where he was like holding and looking him in the eyes and charging him up and saying, you can do this and filling him up with confidence? Like, he's, he's literally the little brother in the team and they all back him up. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're a team, they're a tight-knit unit and they all die for each other, especially Lukaku with, with, uh, with Esposito and i think that was good for his development to st- to understand that where, where what he needs to work on and and, and cuz udinese were so good defensively uh, I think Sema, the Swedish guy, was really, really good yesterday. He, was great.
2: he impressed me uh,
0: a lot. He impressed me a lot yesterday. And he showed that he's re- he, you know, he's ready for, for, for bigger and better things. And he's owned by Watford, which is owned by the same owners as Udinese. I, I'd I'd like to see him stay at, at uh, the Serie A. Uh, and I want to see what he can do because I he was really impressive. And De Paul as well yesterday, De Paul was also very impressive. No, Udinese are good. They, you know, they're Gotti, he, their new coach, Gotti, is, is really, he's really got them playing some good football and really unleashed the potential of this team. And they, they are so tactically disciplined uh, and made it really difficult for Inter. But like you said, once Alexis Sanchez came on, once that player who, who has that experience, who knows what to do in these positions, uh, in these games and how to unlock them, and then Brozovic, of course, then, then it, was like, it was as if Inter were... They just put in that extra gear and then it was game over. And and that that is something we have not seen from Inter in a very long time, and it was very very um, good to see, um, very good to see. But if we just briefly talk about the the Coppa Italia game against Fiorentina, um, what do you remember? The you know what, what, what do you take away the most from that game, uh, Alex?
2: Uh well, first of all, uh, I, I know that you praise uh, Mo for being the Mystic One, but I believe I am <laughs> the one who uh, I am the one who predicted a. Two to one victory with Nicolò Barella yep. netting the uh, the game winning goal, and so yeah, uh, I'll give myself indeed. a a pat on the back. And, and he he was really my number one takeaway from that game against Fiorentina. Barella was just exquisite. <laughs> I mean, you he, an absolute maestro in the midfield. I mean, I, I would for my money, it was his best performance in an Inter shirt. And uh, and you know, going back to that one, I was just so happy to see the tide turn away. And yes, they did score first and give up an equalizer so they fell into that pattern but to be able to to be able to break through and get the game winner in the second half I, I thought was was excellent and you know I know that uh, Romelo Lukaku spoke uh, after that match and said that I think it was uh, at some point between that match and the Udinese match he said that, you know, it really it really helped give us the confidence you know getting the 2-1 winner in that game because they, they were in a rut before that I mean in yeah. their previous three City A matches it had you know, been all you know, one-one draws, scoring early and conceding late, so that that can really do a number on your confidence. And just from a big picture standpoint, um, you know, I'm happy to see so far Inter doing well in Coppa Italia. They've got now the two-legged semifinal with uh, with Napoli coming up. I think it starts uh, early early in March, if I'm not mistaken. And because guys, I think this is just it's an important trophy. I think any opportunity at a trophy is important because. I think if we come away from this season, it's not to say that I'm expecting to win a scudetto. I'm certainly not. It's not to say that I'm expecting to win Europa League. Even though there are people putting some buzz behind that, and I'm not expecting to win, you know, a mini uh, mini treble with uh, you know Coppa Italia, Europa League, and scudetto. Nothing like that. But I think to be able to take away one trophy out of those three, I think is very important for the first year of Conte's project. I'm not sure if I would go as far as to say you would call year one a failure if you don't take one of those trophies. But it would certainly make me feel great going forward to know that you start off this sort of new era of sooning with, you know, free of financial fair play, able to invest. And they've already invested 12 million euros a season in, in Antonio Conte to be able to come away with a trophy in year one. And this may be Coppa Italia, maybe will be the most attainable trophy for them. Uh, I, I think it's certainly a tournament that uh, that they have to put everything into.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And the first leg of that semi-final is on Wednesday, the 12th of February at 8.45 CET at the Stadio Giuseppe Miazza in Milano. And the return leg is in March. So, um, no, I I agree 100% with that. Um, What about you, Mo? What what did you take away from the Fiorentina game?
1: No, uh, once again, I uh, resent speaking after Alex because he so (laughs) eloquently verbalizes everything I wanted to say. No, I think, like, the... Uh, the 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 positive uh, mental effects of that victory and stepping into the semi final uh, cannot be understated the fact that Barella you know he 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 stepped onto the pitch between him Vecino and Eriksen the talisman of the midfield and i reckon uh, his performance against Udinese was largely down to the very positive impact that he had in the Fiorentina game so um, that that too like uh, like Alex uh, Noted um, was was one of the standouts of the game that when we need him, Barella is there for for the team, and he was there against Fiorentina, and he put in a very strong performance against Indonesia thereafter. So yeah, for me, that's that's pretty much it, without it's being all... too uh, long-winded.
0: The thing about Baril Barilla is the guy is just twenty two years old. I mean, just, I mean, I, I, I hope he stays at Inter forever and ever until the end of time because I'm in love with this kid. He's so so mature, like not not just in how he plays, but as a person on and off the pitch. And he's only twenty two. It's crazy. Um, yeah, but no, I couldn't agree with both of you more, Mystic Mo and. A clairvoyant Al. I'm going to call you two now. <laughs> <I'll> take it. <laughs> right. Um, let's move on because we onto much bigger and better things. Because now, into going to a very interesting uh, group uh, 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 slate of matches, starting with the Derby della Madonnina on this Sunday uh, at the Stadio Giuseppe Miazza at 8:45 CET um it's a, it's it's an interesting game it's Bastoni who who is another kid who we have who's been amazing who you don't even talk about but he's only 20 21 years old and he plays like he's like a, like he's done nothing all his life but to play at Inter he's 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 on, he, he's now a starter at Inter and he's suspended so that so that means that Diego Godin who we thought was going to be just to you know continue being the world class defender he's now coming on now i'm not going to I think you would I think it's it would be a little bit ridiculous to think that that's a drop-off for Inter in terms of quality. Sure, skinninger doesn't like playing on the left, but I'm, but you're never gonna get me to 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 say that Diego Godin playing for you is is a bad thing. Uh, however, Lautaro Martinez not playing is causing a little bit of trouble. Uh is is worrying me a little bit because I think Alexis Sanchez Although he played good against Udinese, it's one thing to play good against Udinese away. It's another thing to play against Milan. Uh, and and I don't, you know, and Milan have been looking really, really compact and good these past few days. Um, I, w- I want to pick your brains on that. Like, what impact? Like, how important? Which, or which which absence is more important uh, in terms of the impact it will have on Inter's chances of winning the game? Uh, Bastoni's or Lautaro's? Uh, start with you, Mo. Neither. <laughs> I think.
1: Uh, I think the feeling in the, I think the feeling in the squad is is pretty high. And not to say that Milan can't win. Any team can win given ninety minutes. But I I, I reckon that, um, uh, like you said, uh, Godin is certainly no drop off. I think when you're talking about the the greatest threat that Milan possesses is uh, Zlatan if he recovers from his flu, which I reckon he should. Uh, I, I I would I would be much more comfortable having. Fry and uh, and Godin marshal him despite yes. all yes. you know all, all <laughs> the, that uh, Bastoni has been really spectacular and like you said uh, he allows Skriniar to play in his uh, preferred position but still I would be more comfortable <laughs> having you know a wily old uh, fox like yeah. Godin uh, work around uh, Ibra yeah that's one. thing. <laughs> For and sure. as for as for upfront, honestly, I, I love Lautaro and Lukaku. I think they're fantastic. But I also think like we were talking about earlier, I think we have depth. I think we have options. I think, you know, uh a three five one one if 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 necessary with Ericsson playing off of Lukaku, a three five two with uh uh a three uh three five one one or three five two uh with uh, Alexis playing next to Lukaku and uh Ericsson behind them, I think they're all very, very good options. I think Eriksson and Alexis will probably fare very well together, uh, along with Lukaku, because of the runs that, uh, that Alexis makes, picking up, uh, allowing um, Eriksson to pick him, pick him up with his uh, through balls. So I think, look, we're going to miss Lautaro and we're sad for Bastoni, but at the end of the day, this is a very good team. So, you know, it is what it is
0: what about you alex where where are you on this like are you with mo that there's you know either way it doesn't matter or or, or are you a little bit or or are you a little bit with me there that lautaro is going to be cuz i think he's he's been so far in the derbies he is the he is the derby man i mean he comes alive in these games uh and the past two three derbies he's been man of the match
2: yeah especially uh, i go back to the uh, the second derby uh, of 2018 2019 i think it was in March of last year, yeah. he was he was fantastic. He really rose to the occasion. Uh, certainly between between uh, his absence and Bostoni's absence, I, I would say Lataro the one uh, that Inter will miss more. Um, you know, I, I am uh, cautiously optimistic for Alexis because you know I, I know that in so much of just the, him being the butt of so many jokes, a lot of that just ties into his struggles at Manchester United and yeah he's he's been injury plagued throughout this season at Inter but assuming he's healthy this guy can still be a dangerous player I mean I you know I know that uh, that Man United fans will flood everyone's you know social media mentions with just how poor this guy is and how finished he is but I mean I, I watched him what seven eight months ago representing Chile at Copa America and he looked really dynamic guys so you can't tell me he's that far removed from that form I know he's capable of great things uh, I'll I'll be completely honest. Uh, the the absence that worries me most, uh, assuming he doesn't make a miraculous recovery, I know he's trying for it, but you know another game potentially without Samir Handanovic. I think this is the one, guys, where where I would worry. Uh, I know we've seen oh, yeah. we've seen conflicting reports on on when he might return. I read three four weeks in most places, but uh, I, I did see an Italian report earlier today saying that he's doing whatever he can to try. To be back for the Derby, but if if I assume he's not back, then it's one thing for Padelli to be facing you know a couple of couple of shots on target for Mudinese. now you you know you have uh, a guy y- assuming he's you know free from his flu, Zlatan you know go, coming after him and taking shots and testing him, and you know Teo Hernandez who I rate very highly uh, potentially putting in some offense. That that that's in a game like this is when I would really really worry, and I really hope. This does not come down to, you know, interplaying a dominant match but losing because of silly goaltending yeah. mistakes. I uh, that I think that's honestly what worries me the most.
0: That and also I, I'm with you one hundred percent. That and the fact that Ben said, I've watched a lot of Milan uh, and this kid is this kid this kid can play he he's exactly the kind of midfielder that 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 Milan have missed for for since Pirlo pretty much uh you know I'm not saying he's as good as Pirlo but he's the type of midfielder that they've not had for a decade and, and they really need and he knows how to organize and direct the midfield he's he's very very good um, and and I think you know it, it will be real. Uh, that's where it's going to be. I mean, it's Brozovic versus Benacer, That's where this is going to be decided. Because I think Teo Hernandez is is, is is probably one of the best left full, you know, probably the best left fullback in the Serie A since coming. Um, and me, but I mean, in terms of overall quality, to have a better side, no doubt about it. But better sides. This is the derby. The derby logic. This is this is like almost like a cup final. Um, and and you have that, that man there, Ibra, who can win these this, these games on his own. He, he always does well against Inter. Um, so I th- this is this is um, yeah, Brozovic. I hope Brozovic and, and and Handanovic are nursed back into health because we need them. You know, Inter Inter need them. Inter can't go start the game. I think if Inter were to play the three four one two with with Vicino and, and Barella, just no, that, that scares me. That really scares me. What about you, Mo?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> for once, I have to side with you guys on the Handanovic debate. I think uh, Padelli is more than a, a serviceable uh, <laughs> goalkeeper. But uh, again, this goes back to what I always say about Handanovic. I think he's a world-class goalkeeper. I rate him highly. I just think that his errors are, you know, haven't been addressed. That's my only problem with him. But in, as 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 you guys have said, if we're going to talk about the most crucial uh, absence or absentee, it's it's probably and, um Ben Acer uh, is a lovely player. I'm Egyptian, so I'm not allowed to uh, compliment Algerians. It's, uh, it goes against my religion. <laughs> but uh, but I also think that, you know, uh, as, as a midfield module altogether, uh, w- w- one guy out of three or four in, in Milan is... Isn't going to be enough uh, if, if, like you said, if it's Barella and Brozovic with Ericsson or Barella and Brozovic with uh, Vecino, regardless of however Conte lines the lines the midfield module up. I, I, I think I, I'm I'm not worried about Milan. I'm worried about the derby. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, the derby knows it's a cup final. The derby knows no logic. So, uh, it, I, it's it's I, I'm as worried about facing Milan as I would be. If Inter were facing, um, let's say, um, Cagliari or or whoever, any any strong mid-table team, uh, Torino, uh, Torino prior to the uh, to the collapse they've had, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, the concern is the derby, but a home derby, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember many of those not going well, not going in our favor in the last few years. So, by and large, I think you know. Logic will prevail. We're we're putting the era of Patzay Inter behind us, so this is uh, one of those moments where a reason and logic, and proper quality is going to, uh, is going to hopefully uh, come out come out winning.
0: Yeah, I hope you're right. Um, am um, I don't. We I know we don't. We, we're not going to do predictions because I'm too much of a. I'm too superstitious when it comes to to the Derby. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. I, I'm I'm uh, fine I'm with that. Sorry. I'm superstitious as well. No, yeah. no, I, I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: I, I don't want to do that because I, I especially these games that I'm, through, I'm too because I'm we're too we're too close. I mean, as much as we think about it and zoom out, we're too close. Um, but, but but I do. Can I, I
1: just uh, say one thing? Sorry, Nima. Sorry.
0: Yeah, go 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 go.
1: There is no other match in the world like the Derby. Like honestly, you can't you can't tell me a Classico or like no, the Merseyside no. Derby or the Manchester the Derby. Honestly, there's not even the, the Derby d'Italia. No, this is this is Different. even 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 in the most dire of straits that me and I find themselves in the fact that the stadium is shared the iconic red and black and the blue and black it's on there's there's nothing like this game this is my favorite match of the entire footballing calendar you know me
0: too me it's, too and and uh, it's exactly and, like you said
1: and when it's at home like when it's an inter-game and the entire meazza is uh, black and blue it's like it gives me it gives me chills the mm. tifo and and uh, the curva replying it's just i I love
0: this game me too i love and it it is it is it is my favorite as well because it's also because of the history where this game has been a game where both of these teams uh wanted to wanted to win they both went out there to win it this was never a game that either side ever you know as, as long as we've watched it and we've grown up this this was the game where you go out there and you win it you don't you don't grind out a result and that's why i was so annoyed with with Gattuso in the beginning, because I thought he was kind of ruining the legacy of the star because this kind of park the bus thing. That's not how it was. Even, even if you lose 4-0 or 6-0, like th- this is the game that you go out to win. You know, and, and th- this is how it's different. Uh, this derby, in terms of other city derbies, I agree. It's 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 it really reflects the city of Milan. It is flamboyant. It's superstar. It's 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 um, it's La Scala. It's La Scala del Calcio. And and you go out there and you 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 try to win it by playing football and 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 entertaining and and showing that you're better in all all in every aspect. And and that's what's so beautiful about this derby. So no, I agree with you. Uh, this is, If it's not just because we're, inter, we're, we're I'm an Inter fan that I love this derby, I, I love this game completely. It, it's a different thing with Juventus. That's more angst, you know, and anxiety. This is more. I don't know. It's a different feeling. I know what you mean. It's, it's different. I can't put it into words. Yeah, it's, I know, it's more. You know.
1: It's more about passion. And, yeah. And wanting a good game. The UVA game yeah. is like you said. It's just. A lot of animosity. I really, really freaking hate Juve, you know? But I don't I don't
0: hate <laughs> Milan. I, I yeah, love animal. not the same. It, exactly. I'm I'm with you one hundred percent on that. I don't hate Milan. I hate Juve, but I don't hate Milan. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know what I mean. Like yeah, we don't hate but you know what I mean. Like it's like Juve, there's there's more animosity. This is more this is more prestige and passion and, and, and to you know It's like, yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I've tried explaining it, but other people like this. This is just about uh, un spettacolo, as Italians say. This is, you know, this is about, this is the the Italian calendar showing itself off from its pretty aside there's no there's never any pre-match drama everyone's in a good mood you're nervous for sure but just the atmosphere around it there's no you don't even need policemen there there's literally no need for them i've been to about eight nine derbies you don't need any policemen there everyone is you know everyone you know since these curvas because of the fact that a family of four you have two interisti and two milanisti and they go to the derby together um as a family and they, you know, rip the piss out of each other if you know, depending on who wins. It really is it's it's such a it's such a this this the you know, this this is the city of Milan and how people there are. And it's I'm just so happy that I I just can't wait. I'm so excited for this game. And I, I want to be entertained. I want the drama. I want the goals. I want the spectacular goals. I want the like you said the 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 San Siro exploding. Now nah, it's it's and, and it should always be played on a Sunday night. <laughs> that's just that's just how it is. Well, um so what what kind of game are you guys expecting? Uh, Alex, what, what kind of game do you expect?
2: I echo what you just said. I, I'm thinking, you know, for a lot of recent matches, I've been predicting things closer to one 0 or two-one uh, victories. You know, I'm not going to give my prediction for who wins this one, but I think the score is going to be more along the lines of of three to two. I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I just I just hope for. You know, I hope the pacing is is you know three or four hundred steps up from what we saw in the first half against Udinese. I think that this is going to be the sort of game where both t- teams try to ramp up that intensity for ninety minutes, not slowly build towards it. And and yeah, I, I also want to note just and and this is always an important match, seemingly no matter where either club is on the table. But this is a really important one for both clubs. I mean, in the case of Inter you know what we thought you know a couple months ago was potentially sort of a a two-team race for the Scudetto has become at least on paper a three-team race with what Lazio has been doing so Inter need to not only keep pace you know right behind Juventus but also try and fend off Lazio as well and then you know for Milan you wouldn't have thought this a few weeks back but now they're you know back in contention maybe not so much for top four but at least for top six in Europa League And, and if they were to Pull off a victory against inter that's the sort of thing that could spark a big run throughout the spring so i think there's really a lot on the line aside from you know aside from the usual derby rivalry i think there's a lot more on the line in the city for both of these clubs mm, agreed
0: and i and i again Ibra, Zlatan, Ibra, <laughs> i have just watched him kill inter off so many times i'm I'm really dreading this. I'm really dreading this. And I know he's going to score. I just know. We all know he's going to score and he's going to do the Ibra hands-out celebration to the Corvano, taunting them. We just know that's going to happen. So I think there's going to be... I'm thinking 3-2, 4-2, 4-3 kind of game as well. Is that how you see it, Mo? Two, or do you disagree?
1: Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I see it. I see. I see an open game for sure. I see Milan. Uh, Milan trying to take the game to Inter. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, I think um, it's a match that both sides are going to really go after, trying to win. I also would like to imagine that if Milan tries to open up too too early and too fast, it's just going to play in uh, Inter and Conte's favor. So, I. I, I I hope it's an open match. I hope it's a match that's not determined by uh, VAR, by, by goalkeeping mistakes, by any unnecessary or the referee, refereeing or the mistakes. referees, or uh, referees. Yeah, or refereeing mistakes. Oh. I, I hope, you know, uh, if if you know, God forbid, uh, Inter lose, but lose fair and square. So be it. Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. loss, and we move on. But uh, exactly. but I exactly. hope it's 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 a good game where both sides put on their best foot forward and and we, play, we watch a good football game, a, a game worthy of uh, Il Derby della Madonina, you know? That's, oh, that's, that's what I, I hope.
0: Absolutely. Bon derby, bon derby a tutti. Agreed, agreed. Right, um, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and make fun of something or someone in the world of football, starting with uh, this week's uh, Moratti, The Positivity, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Mystic Mo.
1: Is he works a lot? Is intelligent and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this, uh, this. Yeah, I think uh, we've spoken about uh, this week's Marotti uh, for a while now, uh, indirectly throughout the podcast. And uh, I've always uh, commended uh, Marotta, Zhang, Suning, etc. This time, I'd like to uh, tip uh, my hat to uh, Il Mister uh, Antonio Conte. Uh, for, uh, you know, like you spoke about uh, insisting on bringing in Lukaku, uh, having a clear idea and a vision for what the team is like. So, of course, it all comes from the top down to the bottom, and Suning and Marotta and even Auxilio, all are 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 thankful for, uh, we're thankful to them for creating the, uh, the structure in which Antonio Conte can feel comfortable and flourish, but at the end of the day, you need a guy at, at, at the bench to make it all happen. And, and you know, if we finish third, I'm still very proud of the performance of this team and, and the 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 improvement in the squad and the improvement in, in, in just outlook and everything. Uh, if, we, if we finish first, I'll be over the moon. If we finish second, I'll be just as happy, you know. Anywhere in the top three, just the way the gestire il stagione... How he has managed this season uh, is uh, so far, at least, has been has been very impressive. And uh, again, the fact that he knows what exactly what he wants out of Ericsson, he demanded that Victor Moses comes, and he knows what he wants from Ashley Young and what he can get out of these guys at their age is just uh, you know I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have a cool-headed, uh, not a cool, very hot-headed. But oh cool, yeah, uh, I was going to say. A cool uh, and calm thinking. Uh, the
0: man practicing. had to go to hospital... Exactly, after
1: <laughs> yeah, the very, game, very poor choice, of but you know, like, like a very uh, a uh <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, no, I mean, but I
0: man. you know, the fact I'll, that I mean, the minutes. man is 50 yeah. years old, like, I was thinking about that, I was like, dude, you might want to chill out a little bit. Like, <laughs> if a game against Cagliari gives you a seizure, like, <laughs> you <do. laughs> like maybe you should maybe. <laughs> I'm starting to feel bad for I think that is G- Gabriele Oriali's role. He's basically the caretaker there to keep the the crazy patient under control. Like, he's there to make sure that Conte doesn't, like, I don't know, set himself on fire or anything. (laughs) It's just. uh, (laughs) (laughs) He did it with Mourinho as well, didn't he? He's basically. Oriali's role towards the end of his life has almost become like to take care of crazy old men, (laughs) keep them in line. (laughs) <laughs> on staff therapist <laughs> exactly he's like the one that no antonio we use the in- we used our indoor voice inside like you know what i mean like he's, oh jesus no it's it's so funny when you saw that like literally always Oriali's is there trying to protect the referees from Conte. It's, it's absolutely brilliant no the man the man cares he definitely cares and he pours his heart and soul into everything and and that is a winner i mean Say what you want about him. The guy's a winner, and and that's why. But just maybe, you know, have some... Just chill out a little bit. Um, let's uh, move on to something much more comical, uh, this week's Frog, which will be presented
2: by Mr. Alex Donald. We'll take a detour into the world of American football. Well, kind of. Now, <laughs> on on Sunday... The Kansas City Chiefs had a, a thrilling comeback down 10 points midway through the final quarter to beat the San Francisco 49ers to become the Super Bowl champions. And so really, really nice thing. Minutes after the game ends, the president of the United States, one Donald Trump, decides to send out a congratulatory tweet to the winning team. He writes this. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on a great game and a fantastic comeback under immense pressure. You represented the great state of Kansas and, in (laughs) fact, the entire USA so well. Our country is proud of you. Uh, Great state of Kansas. The only problem, guys, the Kansas City Chiefs play in Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, (laughs) Kansas. And which, you know, I I think that's something I learned in third grade geography, as as many US citizens did. But, uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Donald Trump, of course, no stranger to the foot and mouth on Twitter. Even I think most people know that there's a
0: difference between (laughs) Kansas the state and Kansas City. Like. That is, uh, yeah, I laughed a lot when I saw that. that I'm really happy he put that out. He really made my night. Um, Right, um, he was this year's uh, Adam Levine tweet, we can say.
2: (laughs) The funny thing about that was, guys, I kid you not, when I was on Twitter last night, I was following Tancredi (laughs) Palmeri very closely to see if he, because he's the one who sent out the infamous Adam oh, yeah. tweet from last year so i had his account just checking it every 10 15 minutes to see if he would have another great bomb he had a couple of funny things during the halftime show but nothing like last oh year. no no, no,
0: Le- no leave it has... leave
2: it to leave it to the leader of the free world to be the one to, uh, <laughs> to pull off the great comical tweet of the night
0: Donald did was this year's Tancredi. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um, let's uh, move on to something much more negative this week's uh, Moji, which I'll be presenting myself. So. Um, Mr. Zdenek Zeman uh, was interviewed uh, the former coach uh, Zeman obviously known for uh, his Roma side his Foggia side even before that uh, for for bringing Pescara and, and actually launching Insigne, Immobile and Verratti's career as he did with with um, with Francesco Totti once upon a time um he uh, he was interviewed to, uh, yesterday uh, or today it was I don't know when the interview but it was published today uh, it was with Tutto Mercato Web, and he was speaking on a lot, you know, on a vi- wide variety of issues as he always does. Uh, since he's a bit older now, and you know he's been in the Serie a for such a long time, and he, he had he, he had a bunch of opinions about uh, a lot of things. But for some reason, he was uh, he decided to share his his thoughts on women's football, uh, and I'm just going to read you the quote. I do hope that women's football can keep growing. Although we've got more than enough problems in the men's game that need fixing. Besides, women in Italy have always tended to stay in the kitchen. I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Men have to eat. <laughs> um, the seventeenth century called, and they want their view of women back. What? No, no, sorry, dude. Um, please, you know, no, no. <laughs> No, uh, men can cook their own damn food. Uh, actually, men are pretty damn good chefs, most of them. Uh, this this is nonsense. What are you talking about, women? If women want to play football, they can and they should. And you, you, this this ridiculous. I don't know if he was trying to be funny or what the hell that was, but he was just speaking of old men and feet and mouth. Way to go, Zdenek. You put both feet in yours. So no thanks. Right, um, that's all we had time for this week. Um, I'd uh, like to thank uh, you, Mo, for coming on, as always, to preview the Derby and to talk. Shoot always the shit the and, uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, shoot the crap and everything, all of that. Looking forward to a very happy next episode.
0: Oh, hope so too. Don't, don't jinx it. <laughs> and as always, Mr. Alex Dono.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait for the Derby, and I can't wait to talk to you gentlemen as well after that.
0: It's going to be delicious. Hopefully, we'll be happy as well. Um, until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavelli wishing you a good week. Three points, Bon Derby, and Sempre e Solo, Forza Inter. <laughs>